0: Hope y'all are awesome. Hope you're doing great today. It's raining here in East Texas and I used to love the rain. You know, I'm from New Mexico. I'm from the desert. And so rain was awesome. It never happened. So every time it rained, we were like, you know, those kids at the end of Holes, that movie Holes, where they're working out and digging all those holes all day, and it finally rains for the first time in like 100 years, and they're all just dancing around. That's how it was when it rained where I was from growing up. I remember it going like an entire year without it raining. And so I always thought, man, I would love to live somewhere where it rained. Well, I'll tell you what, I moved to East Texas where it rains like certain parts of the year. I swear it rains like four times a week and i don't love the rain that much anymore (laughs) but anyways it's crazy it's pouring down rain here thank you guys so much for watching i'm still thankful though. i'm thankful for i live the lord is awesome i love it it's beautiful it keeps everything green i'm gonna go ahead give everybody a second to jump on tune in here a little bit if you guys will tell me where you're watching from If you're live with me, go ahead and put it in the comments where you're watching from. If you're watching this back later when you get off work or something, just drop it in the comments. Interact with me a little bit. Love to hear questions as well. I know we're kind of talking about what a lot of people would consider a controversial subject, speaking in tongues. And so I kind of felt led by the Spirit to do this just to help people. I kind of want to help address some of the questions people have, some of the misconceptions people have about speaking in tongues. Maybe there's a lot of people that are just afraid of it because they don't know. And so I wanted to do this to help you. I felt led by God's spirit to do this. So if you have questions, I'm gonna answer a question from the scripture that was asked yesterday in yesterday's broadcast. So feel free, uh, send us in some questions if you're watching this and I would love to help you. I wanna say thank you for tuning into this. Y'all, seriously, I love you. I do this because I care about you, and I love to do this. So if you'll help me out and hit the share button, share this to as many people as you possibly can, help us spread the word of God, number one. Number two, I basically tell you the same thing every time. If you interact with this post, it helps us spread this to more people. And so we're going to try to go live at 2.58 in the afternoon seems like an odd time, but statistically, it's the best time to go live on Facebook. So let's try it out. Speaking in tongues, this is part two. Speaking in tongues, part two. I love, again, to hear from you in the comments. If you're watching, if you watch this back, drop a comment. Say hello. Tell me where you're watching from. Tell me if you're loving the rain today or if you're praying and saying, Lord, please get this devil storm out of my city. I hate it like me. Uh, Love to hear from you. Yesterday, I started and, you know, I basically just gave you a very basic understanding about what the Bible says, showed you several biblical examples. Uh, So a few of the mindsets that I kind of challenged yesterday was the mindset, die ball. Hey, Chris, how are you, man? I love you. Man, Chris, it's almost like I was just talking to you. I swear, I'm having the weirdest, weirdest sensation happen to me right now where I feel like we were just talking on the phone or something. Anyways, so uh, yesterday I was kind of going after some of these mindsets people have. You know, that speaking in other tongues, praying in tongues, it's not for everybody or it's demonic Uh, some people believe in speaking in tongues, some people believe that that's a genuine thing, it's a real thing, but they don't do it because they were told things like, uh, they're they're just scared of it. Some people grew up hearing things like, you don't pray in tongues because there could be a demon praying through you, or how do you even know what you're saying? There's so many uh, unbiblical mindsets that people have, unbiblical just preconceived ideas that people have about praying in the spirit and the Holy Spirit and it hinders a lot of people from being able to operate in a very, very powerful, powerful thing. And today I'm gonna to address to you why it's so powerful. What's happening when you pray in the spirit? And so some of the points we knocked out yesterday was proving from the scripture that speaking in tongues, Jesus said in Mark sixteen seventeen, this sign will follow those who believe it's for believers. If you're a believer, that means you. It doesn't matter if you're a Baptist believer. It doesn't matter if you're a white believer or a black believer, a young believer, an old believer. It's for you. This is for you. We talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what it meant, what being baptized in the Spirit was, and how it was different than just you know salvation. And how it was literally God's presence, God's power coming upon you. The spirit not just living on the inside of you where your spirit's joined with his spirit, but his spirit coming upon you. As Jesus said in Luke 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. And he went on to say things like, uh, he's anointed me to set the captive free. He's anointed me that the blind would see to preach the good and favorable year of the Lord. The Lord had anointed Jesus. The Spirit was upon him. And that's the same thing that happens to us. In Acts one eight, Jesus told his disciples, go and wait for the promise. In a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And he said, you shall receive power, Acts one eight, when the Spirit comes upon you. So we looked at this, and one thing that we see modeled in Scripture was Every time some, the spirit of the Lord the, came upon somebody, his power, his anointing in the New Testament, they spoke in other tongues. They were baptized, which basically just means submerged. It was, it, it's not just like you know the Holy Spirit filling you up from the inside. It's like literally he's inside of you, he's around you, he's upon you. His power, his presence, his oil, his anointing is upon you. And when that happened in the scripture, they spoke in other tongues. It was literally an exterior evidence that they had received or been baptized in the name of Jesus or been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so we looked at Acts 2, we looked at Acts 10, we looked at Acts 19, and I prayed for you guys to receive that. And so we kind of talked about those things yesterday. Today, I wanna go a little bit deeper and get into this. This is the second part, and I wanna kind of explain to you what is happening. Why, why should you pray in tongues? Why should every believer pray in tongues? Why should you make this a discipline that you do daily, every single day? And I think that if you'll begin to understand what the Bible says about this, And what's actually taking place when you do this, man, I'm telling you, you'll want to do it. It's powerful. It's amazing. And plus I had a question. Uh, One of the questions that came in, and I'll go ahead and say this again if anybody pops on that missed this, I want you to ask questions. Pop them in the comments. One of the questions that was asked yesterday is, what if you don't know what you're saying? Some people are afraid of that. They're like, well, I want to pray in tongues, but how do I know what I'm saying? so they don't. I want to address this biblically. So first, let's look at this. What is happening when you pray in tongues, when you pray in the spirit? Let's look at Romans 8:26 through 28. We're going to pop around a couple different verses. Romans 8, if you have your Bible, Romans 8:26 through 28. This is so amazing. 26 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what to pray. I'm sorry, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the, for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. There's a couple things I want to extract out of this. So number one, I want to kind of go over this again. It says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. It helps us when we don't know what God wants us to pray for. The Bible says you can actually pray in the Spirit And the Spirit will pray through you. So this is why this is so significant that people don't understand. On two levels. Number one, people don't understand that man has been given the authority on the earth. The Bible says that the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. Luke 10, 19, Jesus told his disciples, I've given you all authority over all the power of the enemy. He's given us the authority. Jesus told Peter, He said, "I'm going to build my church on this revelation." He said, "Peter, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevent or will not prevail against it." He said, "What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." So people don't understand that humans, mankind, men and women, are the managers of the earth. We are the one. We're the gatekeeper. We're the one that that has the authority. God's given us the authority to bind things and to loose things. So the thing is, is that God doesn't step outside of his word and he's instituted this authority. So there's so many times that we're praying to the Lord and we're asking God to do these things. We're asking God as we just sit back and he's saying, but I've actually delegated this to you. You have the ability to speak. You have the ability to bind and to loose. You know, Jesus even said, if you speak to a mountain and command it to be removed... It will be lifted up and thrown into the sea, Jesus said. But what we often do is we're standing here and we're, we're asking God to speak to the mountain, but we don't understand that he's transferred that authority to man. We have to speak. We have to bind. We have to loose. And so here's the most amazing thing. The question is, okay, what if I'm a brand new believer and I don't understand these spiritual things? right? Maybe I'm still learning and I'm wa- I'm learning to renew my mind. I'm learning what the Word of God says. I'm learning about all these new things. I don't even know how to bind. I don't even know how to loose. I don't even really know how to pray. The most amazing thing is the Bible says that's why God's given us this gift called the Holy Spirit. And when you pray in the Spirit, He says, uh, he helps us in our weaknesses. When you don't know what God wants you to pray for, you can pray in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will pray the perfect prayer, will bind, will speak, will release things through you. Because that's the thing, is that God doesn't just snap his finger. God doesn't just snap his finger, and and things just happen because he's God. That's not the, that's not the way that it works. Everything that's done on the earth has to be done through man. Think about why Jesus even had to come to the earth. You know, God is God. We just think, well, he made the rules. He can do what he wants. If he doesn't want to do it, if he does want to do it, that's not the way that it works. The Bible actually says that his word is established in heaven. And when God put man in authority, it's established in heaven. It's not changing. God didn't take an eraser and change that. And so everything that has to be done on the earth is done through man. That's why Jesus had to come as a man. That's why God couldn't just snap his fingers and save everybody. That that hell, that Satan, that sin, it had to be conquered. It had to be taken on by man in order to take hold of that, uh, the keys to take that authority back from the devil. That's why Jesus had to come as a man. And so this is what's so amazing, guys. Sometimes because of our ignorance, because of our immaturity, there's things that are going on that we don't even know. There's, a, there's maybe a plan against your family that, that the devil's plotting that's going to take place in two weeks from now. That God's sitting up there. He sees it, but everything, he said, you have the keys. What you bind will be bound in heaven. What you loose will be loosed in heaven. And he's sitting there and he's like, oh my gosh, just you can, you can rebuke this thing right now. But because of our ignorance, because we get so consumed and all of these other things, we don't, we don't do that. We're wrapped up and we're, we're like those horses with the little guards on in our little life. And we don't even see all this stuff that's going on. What's so amazing, he's giving you this gift. The Spirit sees everything. The Spirit sees the past, sees the present, sees the future all at the same time. God knows what needs to be bound. God knows what needs to be loosed. God knows what attacks coming against your life. God knows what things need to be broken away from your ministry, from your work, from your children's life. And God also, he wants to not only bind things, he wants to release things into your life. There's certain blessings that need to be released. There's doors that need to be opened. There's things that he wants to open up for you, but it has to come through your mouth because we are the person or the people in authority so it has to come through us through the chain of command that god has established and so that's what's so amazing when you pray in the spirit that god's given us this tool to just jump past human weakness my lack of understanding well maybe i don't know how to really pray maybe i don't really know how to take authority maybe i really don't understand those things all you have to do is allow yourself to be a a, a vessel and pray in the Spirit. And the Bible says the Holy Ghost will pray through you. Man, this is amazing. When I think about that, I say, Lord, I'm going to pray in the Spirit every day. I'm going to pray in the Spirit every day. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit bind things through me, loose things through me. Use me in the place of authority that you've placed me in uh, as the vessel to institute, to bring heaven to the earth. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're the conduits in which that takes place. Amen. And that's what you're doing when you pray in the spirit. Powerful, powerful, powerful. You know, and this is something as well. I kind of touched on this, but this is a a huge key because this was significant, especially, I would say, even in Paul's day. Guys, because we, we are very privileged to live in the time that we live in. We live in the era of technology. We live in the era of information. You can access scripture. You can access teachings that somebody taught 60 years ago that they recorded back in the 1950s. You can go and listen to Oral Roberts. You can go and find books on Amazon with one click of a button and have books from Smith Wigglesworth that were written in the 1800s. Nobody before us has ever had uh, access to information like we do. And so I want you to think about this. You know, Paul's preaching this gospel to a bunch of Greeks, a bunch of guys. They didn't grow up like we did. They didn't grow up in church hearing about David and Goliath and Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. You know, they were they were pagans. They worshiped many gods. They didn't know about the, the Lord of the Bible. They didn't know about Jesus Christ. And then Paul brings the gospel message to them and they start getting saved And now it's like there's just this huge disconnect. Man, our life, our culture, how we've been living, what we've grown up thinking our whole life is so different than what you're telling us now. And they didn't just have access to the information like we have access to information. They couldn't just go on Amazon and buy a stack of books and read up and, you know, fill themselves with knowledge. They couldn't do that. And so that's what's so amazing is that the Lord gave us a tool that allows us to bypass our spiritual immaturity, bypass our ignorance, bypass things that we, you know, just we're not there, we don't understand. The Holy Spirit will pray, will bind, will release, will speak through you, God's perfect will. And it also says this, It says, for God pleads for us believers in harmony with his own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Every time you're praying in the spirit, you're releasing power into the earth that is causing things in your life. Doors to open, doors to close, things to shift, things to move. Where God is saying, I will cause all things in your life to work together for your good. So a lot of people will take that out of context and they'll just apply this to any Christian, right? Well, God God just works all things together for all Christians. If you're a believer, it's just gonna work out for your good. Well, then how come people, you know, when your child dies uh, from some tragic accident or something, that's not working out for your good. You know, that's horrible. When, when things like this take place, that's not working out for your good. That's horrible. It's, this is actually in the context of praying in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, what's happening are, is things begin to shift. Strongholds begin to fall. Doors begin to close and open. And God, through the power of the Holy Spirit that's being released, is causing all things in your life to align up with His perfect will. To align up with His Word. And to work according to your good. Amen. This is so good. I love this. This is why I love to pray in the Spirit every day. Let's flip over to 1 Corinthians 14. If you have your Bibles, turn over to 1 Corinthians 14 with me now. I never got back with a sound check. I'm, I'm guessing it sounds good. Okay. 1 Corinthians 14 says this. Paul says in verse one, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities that the spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak, I'm sorry, uh, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the spirit, but it will all be mysterious So, you know, people will say this. This is kind of part of the question that was asked yesterday. Well, when you speak in tongues, people don't understand what you're saying. When you're praying in tongues, people don't understand what you're saying. So, you know, the Bible actually says that when you're speaking in tongues, you're not actually speaking to other people. You're speaking to God, and it's mysterious. They're not supposed to know what you're saying. Just because people don't understand what you're saying, don't let that make you afraid and make you think that this is weird, that this is strange. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, if you speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, and it will be mysterious. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, and people won't be able to understand you. So that's nothing to be afraid of. Amen. So, this chapter, a lot of people, you know, really. It highlights prophecy, and it's this contrast between speaking in tongues and prophesying. And so a lot of people focus on, on the prophesying, but there's so many nuggets that we can pull out of here about speaking in tongues. That was one right there. When you speak in tongues, you're speaking to God. So write that down. If you're taking notes, write this down. When you pray in tongues, you are speaking directly to God, and people are not supposed to be able to understand you. Now... To put some context, you know, the Bible says when you're in in a church setting, if you speak in tongues, it should be interpreted. So I'm not going to go through all of this in 1 Corinthians 14. I challenge you to go back and kind of read some of that yourself. But basically the point of what Paul is saying, and we're going to see this in a moment, is that when you're in a corporate setting, you know, if I think of this, I'm a pastor. If I just got up And just preach my whole message, right? I'm going to start my message and I just start speaking in tongues. And I speak in tongues for 45 minutes and I'm sitting there like I'm, you know, talking to everybody as I would when I'm preaching. And then I get done and I say, in Jesus' name, amen, you're dismissed. People are going to be standing there saying, what in the world? You know, we didn't understand what you were saying. And it's because it's not, unless it's interpreted, unless there's an interpretation that's given, it's not for other people. It's for you, So people will use that and make it seem like, well, look, see, Paul saying speaking in tongues, we really shouldn't do that. No, that's not what he's saying. He actually says, I'm going to show you in a moment, what you should do, you do need to speak in tongues because of the benefits that it provides for you, but you also need to pray, you also need to speak, to teach, to sing, in words of understanding, so not only you are edified and benefit from it, but people that you're around are edified and benefit from it. I hope y'all are still with me. So just write that down. When you pray in tongues, you are speaking to God. Let's keep looking. Verse 3. But the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. So here's an interesting word here with this, is it says edifies. A person who speaks in tongues edifies themselves. If you look at that word edify, this is what that word edifies means. It means to build a house, to build a house. You know, I want you to think about this. When you receive Christ, the Bible says that's your foundation. And so now when you're, when you begin to grow in things and as you're growing and you're evolving right we don't want to just we don't want to just have a concrete slab we want to have a house so when you pray in tongues the bible says spiritually you're building a house you're growing you're evolving amen you're strengthened personally when you pray in tongues you are strengthened personally the bible says you you edify yourself to build a house look at this to repair can you say repair Another definition, uh, or part of that definition of that Greek word that's used there is repair. Man, that's so amazing to think that whenever I'm speaking in tongues, it's like I'm, I'm filling up holes. You know, things unseen things that I can't even see, that I don't maybe even know about in my mind. You know, I'm repairing things. I'm, there's things being released that are fixing things. That are, that are mending things, that are repairing things in my life, in my circumstance, in my family, in my job, in my ministry. When you pray in tongues, you're repairing. And then another part of that definition is to promote growth in Christian wisdom, affection, grace, and virtue. So when you pray in tongues, Basically, what that word means, you edify yourself. When you pray in tongues, you promote growth. What's happening is you, you are pushing yourself forward in Christian wisdom, in affection, in grace, and in virtue. That's why it's so powerful. You are building yourself up. You're growing your spirit. You're growing your faith. You're building yourself up when you pray in tongues, when you pray in the spirit. Amen. You can already see a couple of the benefits, why it's so powerful and why every person should do this. So let's skip to verse 13 and 14. I kind of want to answer the question from yesterday. Verse 13 says this It says, So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what is being said. So look at this. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand. What I am saying. So, the question that was asked yesterday is what if you don't know what you're saying when you pray in tongues? You're not supposed to know what you're saying. Paul said, When I pray in tongues, I don't know what I'm saying. The Spirit's praying through me, the Spirit's talking directly to God, the Spirit's binding, loosing, releasing things in my life, the Spirit's building a spiritual house, the Spirit's making repairs. I don't know what I'm saying. My mind isn't even fruitful. It's mysterious to me in my physical ears. You're not supposed to know what you're saying. Amen. So if that gives you a little bit of comfort to those that are watching, well, I'm praying in tongues, but I just think it's strange because I don't know what I'm saying. You're not supposed to know what you're saying. You just pray in faith. Let the Spirit do what he wants to do. Amen. So, and then in verse 15. So people will say, you know, they'll read 1 Corinthians 14 and they'll say, well, that means we should never speak in tongues. We should only prophesy because it benefits everybody else. No, Paul says prophecy benefits everybody else because they understand what you're saying, but tongues benefits you. So what should I I do? Do both. He says this in verse 15, well, then what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit and I will also pray in words of understanding. I will pray in the Spirit and I'll also pray in words of understanding. I'll sing in the Spirit and I'll also sing in words I understand. Amen. You do both. You do both so that you are strengthened personally and, you know, if I'm in a church service, it's okay to pray in the Spirit. It's okay to pray in the Spirit, but then I'm also going to pray, I'm also going to preach in words that people understand so that they can be built up and received from it. But my main point, When you pray in tongues, you are strengthening yourself. You're strengthening your spirit, man. Amen. Let's flip over to Ephesians 6. Kind of want to show you something here. Ephesians chapter 6, if you have your Bibles. Verse 10. The Bible says this. We're going to read over the armor of God. We're going to read eight verses here. Final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Look, so let me go ahead and ask you, because nobody's going to answer this the way most Christians answer this unintentionally. Is Paul talking to specific people right here To when he says put on all of God's armor so you'll stand firm against all the strategies of the devil? Is it God's will for all Christians to stand firm against the strategies of the devil or for only some of them or for all of them? Is it God's will for certain Christians that wear the armor of God and then others are not supposed to wear the armor of God? Absolutely not. If you asked a Christian whether they were Methodist, whether they were Baptist, whether they were Pentecostal, you know, whatever, and you said, "Do you believe the armor of God is for all believers, all Christians?" They would say, "Oh, yeah, absolutely." Okay, well, let's read what consists in the what the armor of God consists of. Put on all of God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Verse 13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body of of, uh, body armor of God's righteousness for shoes put on peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared in addition to all these hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the devil put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God So no Christian would contest, well, is is faith for every person? Faith is for every person, right? Every believer. Faith is for every believer, not just some. Is peace for every believer? Peace is for every believer. Is salvation for every believer? Salvation is for every believer. Is speaking in tongues for every believer? Uh, No, I don't know. No, that ain't for me, you know. I don't think that that's for everybody. Look at verse 18. He says, verse 17, put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. People stop right there and they cut it off because they don't like the very next verse. And pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in prayers for all believers everywhere. Praying in the Spirit is a part of the armor of God. You cannot make a case biblically that it's not God's will for every Christian to pray in tongues. The armor of God is for everybody. That's like saying it's not God's will for everybody that calls on the name of Jesus to be saved, right? Only some are going to be saved that call on the name of Jesus. Only some should have peace. Only some should have faith. Only some, no, that's dumb. Only some should have the word of God, the sword of the spirit. Absolutely not. That's stupid. So how can we make separations and say uh, verses 10 through 17 is for everybody, but verse 18 is not for everybody, right? When he said pray in the Spirit, he wasn't meaning everybody. Praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit is for all believers. Amen. And it's a part of spiritual warfare so that you can stand firm. Right. After the after the day, after the the fight, the temptation, when the devil comes knocking on your door, trying to destroy everything in your life, you don't have to crumble. You don't have to be defeated. God's given us tools that allow us to walk in victory from victory to victory, from strength to strength every single day. To never be defeated. But you have to use those tools. And one of those tools is praying in the power of the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit. On all occasions, the Bible says. Are you all still with me here? Let's look at Jude 20. The last verse I'm, I'm going to share you with you guys. If you're looking for Jude, you might miss it if you blink. But it's the last book right before Revelation. It's only one chapter long. Jude 20. It says this, But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what does the Bible say happens? When you pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, you are building up. You're edifying. You're building up. You're strengthening when you pray in the Spirit. Amen. I want to go over these these three points for you. The power. What's happening? What's taking place when you pray in tongues and when you pray in the Spirit? Number one, the Spirit prays what you don't know. Amen. The Spirit prays what you don't know. The Spirit is binding things and loosing things in your life. Because remember, we are the authority on the earth. And the Spirit is helping us in our human weakness in binding and releasing and opening and closing and mending and building and edifying. That's what's taking place in the unseen realm of things whenever you're praying and releasing God's power by praying in the Spirit. Number two, one of the points we covered. I want you to get this from this teaching. When you pray in the Spirit, you are aligning your life in God's perfect will. When you pray in the Spirit, the Bible says that the Spirit prays for believers in harmony with God's own will. And God will cause everything to work for the good of those who he loves, who love him and are called according to his purposes. So when you pray in the Spirit, you're you're in the unseen realm of things. Things are shifting and moving and you're causing your life to align with God's perfect will for your life. When you read this word, that's encouraging to me because I know for God's perfect will for my life is healing. God's perfect will for my life is blessing. God's perfect will for my life is to be like Psalms 1, a tree planted by the river, who bears fruit in each season, whose leaves never wither, who prospers in all that I do. That's God's perfect will for my life. When I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, he is shifting things around that I can't even see, that I don't even know about to Let that be fulfilled in my life. And then number three, when you pray in the Spirit, you are strengthening yourself. You're edifying yourself. We talked about that word edifying. You're building a house. It's building upon the foundation that you received when you believed in Christ. It's building a house. It's making repairs, promoting growth in Christian wisdom, affection, grace, and virtue. Amen to say, I'm being strengthened personally. I'm being strengthened personally. Guys, I'd love to pray for you if you're still with me or if you watch this back. I'd love to pray for you to receive this. It's really not hard. It takes the same amount of faith to be saved as it does to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I, I showed you yesterday, there's not a single method that's like the one method to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the name of Jesus. There's not one method. In Acts 2, they were in a prayer meeting. In Acts 10, Peter was preaching to them. In Acts chapter 19, Paul laid his hands on them. Right? So you can be in prayer... You can be just simply listening to preaching and teaching like you are right now. somebody can actually go and, and impart and lay their hands upon you there 's not a single method to get glued to and i 'm saying that to encourage you you don 't have to wait till tomorrow and you don 't have to wait till next week i 'd love to pray for you right now, but the thing is, you have to understand this you can 't hope okay i 'm just going to close my eyes and hope that I receive something. The bible says in mark eleven twenty four you can believe, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, you shall have it. So you need to understand this. This belongs to you as a believer. The, being baptized in God's power, and God's spirit, receiving power from the Holy Ghost belongs to you if you're a believer. So what I want you to do, I'm going to pray and I want you to just make this confession. Say, Father, I receive the holy spirit say father thank you i receive the holy spirit right now i receive your power say i am filled with the holy ghost i am baptized in your power i have your presence your power upon me in jesus name i receive it thank you father thank you father now it's that simple it's just like being saved you just simply believe So many people, you know, people don't run around wondering if they're saved. Most people you ask, are you saved? And they say, yeah, I'm saved. Well, how do you know? Well, I prayed a prayer and I just believed. I believe that I'm saved. When you believe that you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. And now you do what the book of James says. You act on your faith. You act on your confession. And so as they begin to speak, they spoke. And it says that they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They spoke. And it was the Spirit at work that was releasing things through them. But what I'm trying to say is it wasn't the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not a demon. He doesn't possess you. People, when when it comes to speaking in tongues, they think that God just possesses them and he's going to start making their mouth move and words come out of their mouth. No, it's your mouth. It's your words. The Holy Spirit cooperates with us. He doesn't possess us. He's not a demon. He doesn't possess people. And so you have to speak. And so right now, I want you to just, in faith, from the confession that you just made, that you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to just begin to pray out in other tongues. Pray out in other tongues. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It's this easy. It's this easy right here. This is all you have to do. Father, thank you. Thank you that we've received your power. Thank you that we've received the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, that, that when we pray, by faith we know. We know that, you, that the Spirit is praying and binding things and releasing things and loosing things and causing things to shift and move for our benefit. For our good, Father, thank you that as we pray in the Spirit, Lord, that we will receive revelation. We are building ourselves up; that we're like building this house in the Spirit. When we pray, we're growing; we're strengthening ourselves. Thank you for strength today, in Jesus' name. Just continue to act on it. Pray in the Spirit. Rosapaterede, ropakasandede, soropachiterede, Sotede. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Y'all, if you have received this and you believe you received it, notify me. If you're watching this back later and you pray this, And you speak in other tongues in faith, believing that you've received the Holy Spirit. Let me know. I'd love love to hear your testimony. I'd love to hear from you. So just comment on this video or shoot me a message, whatever you'd like to do. I want to hear some testimonies. Praise God. Amen, amen. Y'all, I love you so much. Uh, Before I close out in prayer, I'm going to give you an opportunity for those that would like to, that Phil led to, if you'd like to sow into this ministry, New Beginnings Church. Here in Huntington, I have the ways you can give at the screen, on the bottom of the screen here. I'm going to go ahead while I'm thinking about it. Y'all give me a moment here. I'm going to post it in the comments. See, I'm not getting all my comments on here. I see. I'm going to post it in the comments as well for you. There we go. Let's post this one. If you guys would like to give Yeah, I'm still on. If you guys would like to give uh what I want you to do, you look follow the directions on the bottom of the screen there for me. Uh guys, and I just want to pray for you, you know, everything we do, we stand on God's word. And people get so tainted and kind of get a bad taste in their mouth and Honestly, I just want to challenge you. You don't even have to give but if you never give to this ministry I still want to challenge this because so many people pucker up and get so hard when it comes to money You know, there's so many people that love They'll sit there and talk about Jesus and talk about the Lord all day long But then you know a second that it comes to anything about money They just they turn into a completely different person. That's a stronghold really that's an idol in people's lives and so We stand on the word here. And the Bible says, it doesn't matter Old Testament, New Testament, it says the same thing. That when you give, there is a promise from the Lord to increase you and bless you financially. And so, I don't know why. Because the devil hates it apparently, but so many people just struggle with that message, with that reality. And you can see it for yourselves. Anywhere that there's a command or instruction to give, there's a promise of increase, of, of tangible, material, financial increase. Malachi said it in Malachi 3. Uh, Solomon said it in Proverbs 3. Jesus said it in Luke 6. Paul said it in 2 Corinthians 9. They all said the same thing because it's true. It's true. There's a Bible promise that when you give, 2 Corinthians 9, that you will be increased in every way so that you can continue in giving. God Believe it or not, God wants the gospel funded. Believe it or not, God wants uh, ministries to flourish and to thrive on the earth. And people, again, they're waiting. They're just waiting for God to snap his fingers and make it happen. Uh, And it doesn't necessarily work that way. Again, we are his vessels on the earth. We are the conduits. When God wants something done, he uses a man or a woman to do it. And so you want to put that in the context of this. When God wants a ministry financially supported, he uses a man or a woman to do it. You know, in Luke chapter 8, it says that there was these women that followed Jesus around. They were women that he had healed, that he had cast demons out of, that followed him around, and it says they supported Jesus and his disciples from their own resources. You know, you would think about Jesus... He was, he was God in the flesh. It's like, didn't angels just come and like drop bags of gold in his lap and stuff? Like whenever he needed something, he was God, right? Couldn't God have just like sent some angels with some provisions and just dropped it in his lap? No, God used men and women to fund God's ministry on the earth, to fund his own ministry on the earth. Everything that's done on the earth is done through men and women. And so I I just want to challenge you. God says that if you will actually partner with that and make yourself one of those conduits, one of those vessels that fund the kingdom of heaven on this earth and help push the gospel forward, the promise in the scripture is he'll see to it that you're increased and that you're blessed and that you prosper in your finances because there's many projects that God wants done on the earth right now. I'm I'm, I'm here to tell you there's many things that God wants done. And so if you'd like to partner with us, if you'd like to sow a gift to give, you can do so. Uh, The instructions are on the bottom of the screen. They're also tagged in the comments here. Guys, and I just want to say thank you. Nobody has to. Nobody has to, but those that do, I love you. And seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. God's going to bless you, and I want to pray for you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for our friends that you've brought to us, for the people that watch this, that that connect to our ministry, that have received from our ministry, Lord. It's not us; we're not great. It's you, Father. You're wonderful. Anything that we ever even teach about, it's simply from your word that you gave to us. We're just telling people what it says. Lord, you are wonderful. You are amazing. And I thank you for these people. Father, I thank you that as people give, as they give from their heart and they give from a heart of thanksgiving, Lord, you will bless them. Lord, doors will open up for them. Promotion will happen for them. That, that finances will find their way to them, that you will cause other people to pour into them and to sow into them. Father, I'm thankful for people that are believing for business opportunities, that are believing to, to literally step into that role of funding your kingdom on this earth. Lord, you'll make a way for them. You're, you're looking for somebody to use right now that will say, Lord, that's me. And so Father, I thank you so much for them. Thank you for them, Lord, bless them. I release that blessing right now into their life in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, if you receive that, just say amen right where you're at. Y'all, I love you. I'm going to be jumping back on Friday at 2.30. I love you guys so much. You're amazing. You're wonderful. Help me out and share this, pro- this broadcast, uh, and I'll be posting the podcast Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org slash donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBC HTX 20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.